0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Christian Machado, just a little rock and roll guy out here, and you're about to check out Interview Under Fire.
1: All right, everyone, Sunny back here with another episode of Interview Under Fire. Christian Machado, thank you so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. A big month for you up ahead with the release of your debut solo album hollywood Sycamore, which comes out September 25th on Coconut Bay and Chesky Records. Congratulations on all of the well-deserved recognition and success on it so far. Before we get to all that, I'm going to ask a very important question. And I think it's it's a simple question, but it's an important one that should be asked within the last six months. How are you? <laughs> How have things been for you personally, you know, you know, since our lives have pretty much changed from back in March?
0: Uh, I mean, for me personally, I think my life, Began being challenging sometime like late 2018 or something like that, you know, or maybe mid 2018, you know. Um, So it's been a couple of challenging years for sure. 2020 is almost like, hey, why not? You know, if you're gonna be, (laughs) you're gonna have a shitty couple of years, just end it with a bang, huh? (laughs) Man, uh,
1: being away from the stage a lot as of late, and now that we're all at home as we are. How are you keeping up your uh, vocals and guitar chops these days? Is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for you that's not considered the norm if at all? Well,
0: the one thing that was Well, I mean, luckily I don't have to do much. I I I toured for a lot many 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 years and Yeah. You know, there there was a lot of practicing that I had to do to you know, record the album, but um But I did. There was one bad thing I did when the whole COVID thing started. I started smoking cigars, dude, and I was inhaling the shit. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) I swear to God, it was like, well, hell, if we're all gonna die, then we might as well just celebrate till we die. You know? I mean, I didn't know what the hell was gonna happen. Everything you wanted to do,
1: you can do it now.
0: (laughs) And then yeah, and then like two months into it, we're like, no, people are surviving, and it looks like okay, maybe we're not all gonna die. That's weird. And then it was like, shit, I got to quit smoking. <laughs> so I've done that. I was, you know. Check that off your list. A terrible, yeah, I think the terrible. will have it up for a couple of months and was at least able to kick it. I was like, shit, am I going to be able to kick these things the way I really want to? You know, I thought it was going to be all challenging.
1: And they're all talking about, oh, life is not going to be the same as it was if, you know, considering what normal is anymore, you know?
0: Unless, I guess, unless if, unless if they have a vaccine and control how these viruses come up then maybe life will get back to normal i really don't know i the think the thing is yeah. like the scariest thing is not adjusting life so that we could live appropriately considering the current circumstances the issue i think the deeper issue is what do we really know you know, do we know the truth? Is this the absolute truth? If this is the absolute truth, then what do you do to handle these kind of viruses coming up again? You know, ask your nearest about...
1: conspiracy theorist,
0: <laughs> right? And if it's not the truth, then what is the truth so that can be addressed? Because, really, if you think about like what kids are going through, man, especially like kids that were like born in the mid 90s, I mean, between the 9-11 economic dive, the 2008 economic dive, COVID. I mean, you know, that's why those kids are all pissed. Nobody realizes it. Some something nobody says, but these kids within 30 years, I mean, you can't call them kids. Maybe they're 25-year-olds, you know, but mm-hmm. it, just in their lifetime, they've seen, you know, several economic collapses in the country. Their jobs just little by little make less money, you know, and, less jobs and more people less resources you know we could keep going but no yeah if the if the issue is people and our interaction with animals then that should be addressed if you know if it's because we're like messing around with viruses and trying to figure out how to make vaccines but then a lab releases one then we should deal with that if it's because whatever it is we need to deal with it you know what i'm saying and i don't even think people are almost like forgetting how it happened they're on to like how do we treat it well is this if this keeps happening you can for sure count kind of on the world just be on the world together beginning to take an economic dive you know
1: yeah which goes back into why we can't go back to the things they you know used to be you know it's even cdc said it like and a lot of people are really having difficulty coming in terms of that and mm-hmm. I wanted to ask, you know, does this pandemic, now that you're home, like everything that you just pointed out, does it open up new things for you personally and artistically that you may have not noticed before about yourself?
0: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I perhaps haven't gotten a chance to, uh, to like sit down and think of how to say, how to explain the feelings of having gone through the last couple of months, but I'm sure something will come out of it, man, because I've seen so much suffering in the last couple of months. Yeah. That it's that I both feel blessed that, you know, at least my family's okay. I don't know. And that I both feel completely heartbroken for the people that are having to suffer. You know it's 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 almost like it it both makes you realize how tragic the world is and it also makes you realize how bad you may not have it you know
1: yeah and i mean at the same time i'm not i'm i'm coming to terms with that too and i'm blessed that i'm still here my family's safe you know and I had family who were affected by this as well. And just like yours. And I think everything you just said, I think that's just easier said than done. It's a, it's a very important thing to, to grab, grab onto as we move forward during just the time of uncertainty and during this time of uncertainty. And I know you've seen this, a lot of, you know, a lot of people are at home, no live concerts and during your, yeah. yeah. And during your career, you know, before we get into this new record, you were with El, El Nino, which a band, you know, I grew up listening to over 20 years with them. And you did some extensive touring, you know, talking about Valken Festival, Brutal Assault, so many festivals, so many bands, so many artists that you guys you guys paired up with and performed in front of millions of fans. I want to ask you, what's your favorite part about touring? Because now you're kind of taking like an unseen step back away from the touring life. And does it make you have a growing appreciation for that now? Because you're talking culture fans, even the food. So many things to point out about the touring mm. life. What was your favorite part about it?
0: Oh, man. I mean, for sure for me, my favorite part, my favorite daily part of being on tour was the show. Because everything else could be either a clusterfuck or it could be ever-changing experiences. And, you know, everything else is up in the air. Anything could happen. But as long as you know your fans are going to be at the show, you can almost predict like, hey, if we have a great show, you know the show's going to be badass, you know? So at least you feel like there's that sense of control. Or or you feel like at least you're on tour somewhere you don't know, and at least that you can control. You could have a good show if you really tried to, you know? But my favorite part of touring, I guess, in general, was that the whole day revolved around having to move to the next city. You know, you almost have like this, um, like you're exploring or, you know, camping is a bad word, but exploring is the better word where you're like, all right, we're here today and tomorrow we're traveling to another city. And everything revolving around the travel in itself is uh, a lot of fun. It could also feel like a job because traveling could be a lot of like, oh, God, we got to get up and do this and go to the airport and, you know, get get on the bus now. It's time to go. But, you know, when when you know you're doing it for something as cool as like meeting up with a whole bunch of people to play music, then it makes the travel really rewarding, you know. And for a lot of years, I didn't know – how to deal with that because i wanted to have fun traveling but i had to always be very careful with my voice and couldn't like if we're doing like 10 shows in a row and we're headlining it's like an hour and a half show every single day i unfortunately can't be talking all the time and you know i can't be like as loud as i would like to be all the time you know but um but my favorite part of touring in general was being able to depend on the 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 everyday travel as like this nomadic lifestyle yeah (laughs) you know and i really i i I almost like became that that's all i knew for like 15 20 years almost you know
1: all those years man you know i I think back to myself there was never a week where i wasn't at a show you know and
0: that's awesome yeah I i mean before i was i was doing touring i was the same way i was like at least at one show every week
1: Oh, yeah. And and now you you always tell yourself, man, I don't have time to, when I'm home, okay, I'll do this. When I'm home, I'll do this. I just don't have time. Now you have all that time. Okay, what excuse do you have now? You know, I don't know if that ever creeped in your head. But now you have all this time. You're in, I, like, I find myself, you know, baking cookies. Like, I never thought I would be baking cookies a month into quarantine. <laughs> and there I was. And I stopped. I'm not, I, I didn't, I didn't go out and grab any more of that cookie dough. But you know, Just, just you know, little nuances like that, like really start to open your eyes and make you. That's why I like asking that question about not touring anymore. Because of course, touring will pick up when it does pick up. But from your perspective, being on the road as long as you have, you know that. Yeah, no,
0: I mean, man, I I I was supposed to leave to go on tour in a week. You know, in a week and a half, I was supposed to start a, a. it was like a whole week in Texas and then I was going to do a whole week on the East coast and everything had to be pushed back, uh, to March, to begin in like March, 2021, if that even sticks, you know, I know that as long as they don't allow venues being open in the whole country, it's almost nearly impossible for any act to do any touring really. And I'd be like festival one-offs they could do it like in South Dakota, the way they did, you know, or, Somewhere else, you know, or
1: uh, I don't know. I don't I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen this in Germany. uh So we had Jennifer from Beyond the Black on the show. They actually did the whole. Did you see this? They, there was a drive-in show where cars were parked in front of the the stage, and they the band still performed. Did you ever see uh,
0: that? I saw that happen here in California. In California, they had a parking lot concert. Where the Yachtly crew, which is a cover band who are fucking badass. <laughs> awesome. And they performed and it was all cars that pulled up. It was that.
1: Man, I remember when I first saw something like that. I thought it was a meme. I was like, wow, this is really impressive. But then you know how after every after shows, the bands, the tradi- the traditional band would get on stage and they would do a picture in front of all the fans. You know, the band did that, but then it's them, but just a bunch of cars. <laughs> I was like, wow.
0: And the people just like come out and hang out by the doors of the cars and they're standing by their car and stuff like that. I saw that happen here. I also saw, did you see that first social distancing concert in the UK where it was like little VIP platforms. It was like tiny little VIP platforms, short ones Mm -hmm. um, and all separated from each other so that like your group of people has like its own little, platform that you sit on
1: uh was this outdoors
0: this was outdoors yeah okay yeah. i think i did outdoor.
1: see that picture i thought again i thought that was a joke also wow. it was a
0: meme i think <laughs> i don't know and you don't know what uh what to believe nowadays. That's I don't.
1: there's so much information being thrown left and right you know and this has been a popular topic of discussion on my show a lot live streaming you've seen this so many bands have been taking control of this for the last six months and i and uh we had nilo from insomnium on the show and he was talking about how they were one of the first bands to take the live streaming initiative like they sold virtual tickets to the fans online and then the and then they recorded it and then they put it on online for fans to view it's it's been spreading like wildfire you know and code orange another band that they did that too but coming from your perspective I want to ask you, with so much live streaming happening, do you think the quarantine-induced live streaming surge we're seeing right now, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward? Do you still see bands doing this, even after all this is over?
0: Streaming? Yeah. Um, okay. I, I
1: th- There's there's no right or wrong answer to this. It's a very interesting question, because so many artists have so many different perspectives. but. From you, like I said, again, twenty years with El Nino, so so much experience when it came to one day to the next day, the next door, and then which band are you playing with next? Fans, just everything in between.
0: I mean I think it will eventually they haven't figured out how to apply streaming to their uh, you know, band development music development model but they're beginning to that's for sure Mm -hmm. and i think um if streaming services like spotify could begin to implement video in their user interface then that's a whole other you know yeah platform Mm. almost because they can then begin to compete with youtube and on a music level and leave youtube more for
1: just videos in general.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just general video stuff, blo- vlogs, whatever it might be, you know, and then Spotify can become like the place where you would release new music constantly. Um, Spotify or Apple music. I would hope that Apple music would also compete with Spotify so that at least there's somebody going No, fuck you. We could be bigger. Yeah. Um, and then if they have some kind of video interface, which I think Spotify is moving towards it because they're they're gonna begin using video for the Joe Rogan podcast. Um but I think in the future if that can occur, it it could be great for the for the music industry, you know, because it's just another another form of content and not for nothing if streaming becomes popular and if you could stream your shows on Spotify and if you could stream um your rehearsals on spotify you know then people who are interested wouldn't necessarily go to youtube which the payout is like how is that even a business model it probably isn't I know there's there's also
1: facebook live and instagram live i I know some bands have been doing that too i mean
0: yeah 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 and there's also like stage it i know stage it yeah mm -hmm. the performances right where they they're the ones that sell the ticket or something like that. I'm not hundred percent sure how it works.
1: Yeah. I believe Insomnium actually did do that.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it will be something that artists will eventually figure out how to take advantage of it, you know, because it really it's is just another way of bringing content to your fans. No,
1: you know, def- definitely
0: depends on whether a fan wants to get, a fully produced album and then dive into like the you know alleyway of how that album came to be
1: yeah like the behind the scenes
0: yeah yeah more in detail stuff which i was that kind of person that always like i used to go to to downtown new york to buy like the bootleg live tapes of bands you know tool and death metal bands I would just constantly buy bootleg live tapes. It was like a thing. Now you could basically just watch a performance on YouTube, which is a bootleg live tape. Before you used <laughs> to have to pay for them.
1: Yeah, man. It, of course, it's different if I see Christian in front of me on stage as opposed to seeing him on screen. I have the liberty to mosh in my room if I want well, to. Well,
0: I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing <laughs> that gets. It, that's the thing that's complicated. Is how does the format fit? And you know, they still have to figure it out. As far as great sound quality, some bands have been able to figure out visual quality that looks great, you know. so that's great. Um, and then a- another thing you gotta take into consideration is what are listeners listening to it on? And if it's not gonna sound as badass as a massive PA at a club, you can expect they're still gonna wanna show.
1: <laughs> but of course, there's, you can never replace the live experience and that's that's also yeah. a commonality that I'm getting from my guests is like, yeah, this is great, but this isn't live. I mean, yeah, not, I mean,
0: it's not person to person. It's like some primordial thing that goes beyond of
1: course. content, you know? Yeah. And, uh, okay, I know we promised to talk about Hollywood and Sycamore. I'm going to do that right now. I mean, we've got so <laughs> many topics in between. No, man,
0: every, every single interview that I'm doing is like, <laughs> I mean, lots of things are going on.
1: Man, this is your first I, debut. I kind I kind of have yeah. Of course. Yeah, I totally get it. This is Freeform. I love it. And this being your debut solo album, and this was recorded in uh, California and New York simultaneously? Or was it just, uh, was it one spot to the next how it was recorded?
0: It was mostly recorded in New York. Mm-hmm. We uh, Well, we did all the, me and Conrado and Steven did all the pre-production here in California. Let me shut off my phone and else I keyboard. keep going good we we recorded all the we did all the pre-production here like the Mm -hmm. rehearsing i put the songs together here um and we did a bunch of rehearsals but we went and recorded in new york over three days okay um as a group we didn't multi-track um i think we used four microphones the band had two microphones and it was acoustic guitars we also plugged a couple of the acoustic guitars through amplifiers to get the room sound properly because the idea was to, to do this the way musicians used to play together back in the day you know yeah. like there was no multi-tracking back in the day uh, the the main idea for doing this is the, the label that i signed with is a label that kind of takes pride in that in some form of organic live recording. And I found it interesting, you know, especially having come out of a rock world where everything is multi-tracked and everything is edited and everything is computerized. Um, I was like kind of taken in by it, you know. I felt maybe it's challenging and it's definitely different. And I've always been the kind of musician to be like, yeah, I like that too. Why can't I like that? You know, like don't tell me what I can't like. I'm a musician, (laughs) goddammit. So it was it was interesting having to do it in such a short amount of time, but the musicians were so intensely talented, dude, that I've never seen anything like it. And and the songs were simple, you know. We weren't even like it's the songs that I wrote are you know, they're just chords. It's not like I'm not like trying to like reinvent acoustic music or anything like that. They are super deep like the songs are deep and, you know, very personal and um, they carry a lot of emotion, but I'm definitely not trying to reinvent the wheel. So to see musicians so focused and even musicians that are jazz musicians, the bass player and the violin player that played on the album. Alibello. Yeah. Alibello Bello and, and Junior Cabrera. They're like top New York jazz musicians. You know, they're like, amazing at what they do and to see them just focused and so intensely understanding and almost like knowing it in their heads before they put their fingers to the instrument, you know, and how for them visualizing it is as important as actually playing it and things like that. Um, it was a huge learning experience, man. So we did, you know, a, a bunch of pre pro here, I'd say about two months of like me showing Conrado and the songs and just like hey these are the songs i have you know what kind of parts can we put around them and you know how could we have different cute little guitar things that fit well together but that don't do away with the simplicity of the song we did that for about two months went to new york we were in new york for about a week because we did a couple of rehearsals there with oscar the percussion player
1: yeah how long ago are, are we talking here this is before covid
0: yeah, before COVID. Okay, it was okay. Right before COVID. Uh, we recorded the album in November. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so we went to New York, did like another five days of pre pro, recorded at the Bunker Studio in New York uh, for about three days. And um, the st- which actually that studio was pretty cool. That studio has the same knee board that was in Water Music when we recorded Confessions. So it was kind of like... Wow. Oh I remember walking into the mixing room and saying oh man it's a big Neve 80 30 something. I forgot what it is but I was like wow it's a big Neve. It looks exactly like the one they had at Water Music and the guy was like this was the console that was at Water Music. Wow. And the funny thing that it was at a studio called Water Music was that that console was completely underwater during the hurricane that they had in Hoboken, New York. Remember those hurricanes?
1: Was it Sandy?
0: Was it Sandy that put New York and Hoboken underwater? Uh, 2012. That's when it was. Yeah. Gosh. Wow. Pretty much, the, the console that made confession went underwater during Hurricane Sandy, but those consoles are so expensive. They're like million-dollar consoles. You don't just like let a console go to waste. They take all the components out and dry them out and you know, they they refurbished the console. I guess from water damage would probably be the right term. But um, but it was the same board, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Damn, man, that's some kind of weird Twilight Zone." Yeah, man. So you know, and I'm. I'm back, and on. then we came back to Cali and did you know a couple of small little extra overdubs on things. That was really it you know, but it was all, it was kind of done. All, all the thinking and songwriting was done before New York. We captured almost everything in New York and then came back to Cali and did a couple of overdubs. That was it.
1: And we got a month till this album comes out September 25th. And for my listeners who don't know, you know, Christian, I'm used to y- listening to girdle, screams, screeching guitars that define your previous work. You know, this one, Hollywoody Sycamore is a breath of fresh air. It's like a hot summer day in Texas, and then finally, when it's October, this is what you get. I like it. You know, that's a good thing. I love it. It's it's amazing. How much did things change for you when you first started writing on this album to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change in between? Was there a specific sound you already knew you wanted? Because if I'm correct, Die Alone, your first single that came on this record. Those chords were lying around during your El Nino days,
0: right? I mean, those chords have been something that, for example, I've wanted used in like the bridges of God Save Us and stuff like that. Where oh God Save Us you know, a slight breakdown. What comes around has similar chords. It, it really just is an a, a add second or a flattened third kind of sound that it has. Um and it's just been like an acoustic sound that I kind of write with a lot. You probably hear on the electric guitars of El Nino from songs that I've written. But, um, but it just felt like a cool thing to do, you know. It's something that I kind of played around with, with Conrado, my friend, and my friend Adassi playing around with acoustic guitars and wondering and thinking like, oh, you know, this would be cool. Maybe this would be a cool project to do, an acoustic project. And then when the uh, possibility came up to do it, it just, you know, felt really natural. Like, yeah, okay. This is manifesting itself right on. You know, it was both rewarding, but then also because of the way that we were going to do the recording, it was also very nerve wracking, you know, and and knowing that it was going to be different and that, you know, some musicians or fans may be like oh this is too different from what he did no way i don't like it no no, no 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 it's too different i also had to come to the acceptance that i was doing something that wasn't for everybody you know some people may say oh this is not my kind of thing you know i like heavy music i like moshing i like headbanging and totally understood but i had to come to those uh that acceptance and realizing Somebody's gonna tell me it sucks and it's way too light, you know.
1: But having said that, you said it yourself, music now more than ever, has to be genuine, it has to be real. Does it feel like you tapped into a whole different dimension of Christian Machado for the for totally. the music that, listeners of the world? That, that may that, that may have not felt you could express with el nino does it feel like you are bringing that wall down not knowing that it was ever there in the first place
0: that absolutely and i I never even thought about it that way you just helped me even realize that that i kind of found maybe like a speck of creative element that i could look at differently or have a different perspective on it or feel differently about for sure and I definitely wouldn't have been able to do it unless, you know, personally I went through a whole bunch of realization and then with the band went through a whole bunch of realization. And then ultimately, you know, I guess, man, I, I just can't believe that I made this kind of music that kind of is self reflective and both personal personal at a time where everybody's having to be forced to, like kind of have to take a personal inward look and what is important in life and what isn't, you know, um, this is the longest album of your (laughs) career too. Blessing or a curse actually.
1: (laughs) But, but listen, this is also the longest album of your career. So that, that also says something, you know, Let's talk about David Chesky and Jeff Lanier for a second Because, you know, sure. Grammy-nominated producer and David What was it like working with those guys? Was there a sense of comfortability in the studio Knowing their history, just knowing their background? Does it mean okay, this is what I want to do I got these guys behind my back, let's do it It, it makes it that much easier
0: Well, it, it I was definitely I, I felt comfortable that they knew what is great That is for sure But I I was very nervous the whole time that I whether they knew what was great for what I could do you know Um, but I guess once you break down the walls of genres and because David Chesky is a classical pianist you know I mean he's one of the greatest piano players of our time. Um, Once you break down the wall of genres, once you say okay, this is a song and strip everything away from it, drums, everything. Strip everything except the chords and the vocal and the melody and the sentiment. Then you kind of start realizing it doesn't really matter what he thinks of how I could do it as long as he's just listening to the song for what it is. And I mean, without a doubt, the record wouldn't have turned out the way it did had it not been for those guys saying we should do this live We should do it with musicians that can perform together all at the same time. We want you to perform together with the musicians at the same time. Nobody gets over. Everybody has to perform. Everybody has to come in ready. Um, The musicians all have to be next level. Uh, We're not going to use 10 million mics. We're going to do it all in one take, and we'll do different takes until we get it right, you know, and we're going to use four microphones. We're going to do it at the highest sample rate. It was very challenging, but... At the same time, it made me go, fuck, they really know their shit, you know? No matter how many times I've been at the most badass studios, multi-tracking albums, like these dudes know how it's done on a musicianship level, which is something that is different than what you're used to seeing nowadays. There's a lot of talent nowadays, but, you know, it's, it's a different thing when you have to get everybody to, perform it together and to get it to sound right on the record together. And there's a chemistry that comes with that. And the fact that they were like pushing all this and kind of like, no, this is the right thing is to get the right musicians. The chemistry has to be right. The songs have to be right. They reminded me that this is the shit music is about, (laughs) you know, music isn't about music. shouldn't be about like, you know, how, how, well, I mean, and rightfully so, depending if you're playing some kind of like, um, which metal has become a little bit more electronic sounding. Oh, know? yeah. So now fans like a little bit more tighter into the grid thing, you know. Um, but they reminded me that the song really is the most important thing, you know. And um, I had my worries, but the fact that they were pushing... Theories that were so like musicianship worthy m- made me feel like, nah, this has got to be what's right because music is this. Yeah, music see, that's not like what. How many times you could multi-track something, or how many times you could re Tune Yeah, or how many times you could doctor something? Music really is get the emotion, the feeling, and the sentiment right, and do the keep going until you get the takes right.
1: Between writing, structuring the songs, production process, what about the theme? To what level do you like to have a theme for your records? And how important are themes to you? Is that more about helping you write or sound, or is that more for the audience? Because a lot of bands, artists, they don't really care about themes. They just do 10 songs and that's it, which is fine. But I felt like with Hollywood Sycamore, there's a specific mindset you had.
0: Yeah, yeah, there is. It's a lot of personal struggle, you know? There's really no other way to explain it other than that. Personal struggle, um, going through a separation, being a dad, having to file for custody, um, you know, being awarded custody and still having struggles with while going through a separation with this person was extremely challenging, you know? So that, that made me um, realize a lot of things, you know? it makes you realize that you in life are not in control of anyone but yourself. And no matter how many times you could tell someone this is what's right. This this is what's right. No, this is wrong and this is right here and maybe there's a middle but this is still wrong over here. If you can't change somebody's mind about something then you really have no control of it, you know. All These- you have is You know, thank God there's a legal system. Thank God there's, you know, civil courts to at least be able to give people some outlet. Um, And even through that, you know, the court helped me get custody of my kid, but they haven't necessarily been able to force a person to change either. You know, so you wind up realizing these things and in realizing all that you start looking inward and going, fuck, where have I fucked up, you know? I I know I fucked up. So where have I fucked up? What could I have done differently? And not to like change the past, but to like, God, hope I could just understand better in the future, how to communicate, you know, how to uh, continue being the best that I could uh, growing, you know? Yeah. Even based on your past experience. Growth is the most important thing as a person, but it's extremely challenging, though. Not not for nothing. 2020 has made it challenging for anyone to, you know, assess what their where their life is at and then try to come to some kind of solid conclusion because we don't know what's going to happen in the future.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Do you see this album as a snapshot of where you are at a certain time in your life?
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, the, the album in itself... You
1: know, um, we're talking, we're we're talking talking
0: the last couple of years of my life, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, your, your, your discography with Il, Il Nino. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's such an impressive catalog. And now you have this, you know, 2021, 2022, even 10 years down the road. I mean, looking back, man, Hollywood is taking more came out 2020, the year of the pandemic. Just, I don't know. It like, do you see that? Like, I feel like it's a it's a chapter, almost like almost like considering where we are in our lives.
0: I think so. I, I tried the best I could to not make it about anything other than how I felt, you know. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I what I had been going through are were things that a lot of people have to go through, you know. And I knew that I wasn't alone in feeling like that. I just, the challenge was, how do I talk about it? How do I talk about it without, you know, w- without feeling like I'm, I'm either being too negative or without feeling like I'm, I'm being kind musically with the song? Have you so Definitely like a snapshot into yeah. a moment, which I think, you know, I'm, I'm unfortunately still having to figure out things, you know, and... It's definitely all the songs are very reflective. You know, Die Alone, Better You Know, Bring You Home.
1: Weeds. Um, I, I, that's my personal favorite, if I, if I can weeds, put that out there. Very
0: reflective song also. And it all fits, you know, it, I guess maybe I picked the covers that would fit the kind of thing that I'm doing. But also lyrically, they make so much sense in, in everything that I was writing that it it, it really is... was a huge awesome learning experience for me to do this man and it it probably helped me get past that stage in my life you know i mean fuck if next year i could say i put the album out and this is kind of the struggles i went through when i put that on this album and now i'm past that you know that would be great therapy
1: (laughs) and that's that's the way that's a good way to look at it well now that you're here have your aspirations as a person or an artist have they changed or evolved since when you first started in the industry do you see things no, differently
0: now yeah they have absolutely i mean in, in the beginning you know i think that there was when when i began in the music industry because i was always a musician i was always a musician since i was a kid and i was always in bands and playing and writing music playing different instruments started with drums moved to guitar then i picked up bass and i went back to guitar then i wound up singing and, and i played piano for a little bit so I was always in love with being a musician, but when I first started, there was an innocence. You don't know about business, you know? And the more that you wind up realizing about business and the more you wind up getting burned by business, you know, after decades of being in the music industry, you wind up, you know, having a a lot of, you know, kind of like reality kicks you in the ball moments, you know? Um, but the, the the main thing that has changed is that. In the beginning, there was an innocence. side. You kind of just go for it and, you know... Hey,
1: you were young, man. I mean, it's uh, you guys, you were, you guys were coming in and seeing guns blazing with changing the game. Like, at least from my perspective, you guys changed the game for Metal. Along with, you know, we just mentioned Chimera, you know, but, but it's it's a part of the growth. You mentioned growth. I think it's a very important element when it comes to a person's character.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm still a metalhead. I'm always going to be a metalhead and I'll probably realistically probably going to be putting out metal eventually again, you know, (laughs) but that Hollywood Sycamore definitely captures a moment in my life where fuck the struggles were real, you know, and the shit got really serious, you know, and it's not that I, personally felt I was doing some wrong thing. And I, I, for some reason felt like I didn't have control of things that were actually making a victim out of me without somebody else really even caring to even see.
1: I'm we they're that?
0: They're forcing basically, they're basically between the system and uh, a co-parent, they're forcing you into suffering by trying to take control of a child, you know? Yeah. And the system has helped me incredibly, so I can't, I'm not gonna knock, you know, the, the judges and, and the people that have seen what's going on and like, no, 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 you can't do that. You know, he's the dad and he has the rights to be, you know, but it, it's definitely a time in my life where um, family was so incredibly important, man, and and, that, and I felt both alone like I didn't have family Mm -hmm. Um, in a state where I had no family and I had to struggle and try to prove to a court why, you know, my kid loves me, basically, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So it's a super challenging and and struggling thing, but I have only myself to blame for that, you know? Me and my good friend, Brandon, I mean, we kind of come to the realization like, Hey man, you pick you, only you pick the people that you have in your life. And that was one big reality that I had to come to is if there's a bad relationship in your life, find ways of curing it. You know,
1: I feel like music, and not, do like, and,
0: and not necessarily if it's like, you know, somebody you have a kid with, it's not like, ah, go screw yourself. I don't have to ever deal with you again. It's like, no, find ways to cure it. You know, it's important that as people, I think we learn how to, um, how to be more in tune with how we impact others, you know?
1: And everything you mentioned, I feel like music allowed you to do that, right? Yeah. If you weren't a musician, what would you be doing right now? Has that ever crossed your mind?
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, before I was a musician, I was doing carpentry. I'd probably still be doing carpentry, stuff like that. Okay. Doing some building houses.
1: It's you know? always interesting to ask that question because uh, a popular answer is I wouldn't be doing anything else. You know, if music is the only, like if I, if I found myself doing something else, I don't know, teaching, for example, and my brother's a teacher, I have, I have all the respect for teachers, I would always find a way to get back into music in, in some sort sort of path. It's just meant to be, but... Um,
0: yeah, I know, but I mean, I, I I guess you posed the question more as if, if, if music didn't allow you to hopefully make a living from it, then what would you rely on? There you go. Um, which, that's a realistic question to ask, absolutely.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> Christian, we have... Pretty much cover everything from top to bottom. This is the last part of the interview, unfortunately, but it's my favorite part. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put you on the hot seat here. A
0: challenging question thing, dude.
1: This is this is a good one though. This is called a hot seat. I'm gonna read out some lyrics. I want to see if you know your own songs. You up for that challenge?
0: I might not. Yes, I'm up for the
1: challenge. <laughs> I love that. I love that answer because I've had artists who say, "Oh yeah, I, I can answer all this," and they didn't get any of them right. And then I get the opposite, the other way around. <laughs> so what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna throw some ill Nino lyrics from 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 the other days, um, and maybe I'll throw in some Hollywoody sycamore in there. I'm gonna switch things up. Um, don't worry, I didn't pick like all the you know deep cuts. Maybe I have. Maybe you're not. But I've did some research, so. Just a handful of songs, all right? I'm going to read a lyric, and you tell me what song you think it's from, okay? Okay. All right. You look nervous.
0: <laughs> all right. Here we go. Here we go. No, man. I Hey, man. Getting things wrong, it's okay. I've already accepted that. Again,
1: again, that just shows how impressive your catalog is. Just going to put that out there. Okay. Here we go. What would it take to not look away, to open my eyes and stare in the face? To learn from what's real, I'm trying to deal, but it's worthless.
0: Okay, that's unreal. Yeah. Oh, you already knew. But that. <laughs> you know, the, the reels gave it away. The reels gave it away.
1: <laughs> I was, I was to, as I was reading, I'm like, Crap, the
0: first few lines, I was like, "Fuck!" I don't know what song that is. But as soon as the line went to something doesn't feel real, I was like, "All right, all right, okay, all, right, all, right, all, right, all, right. all right." I know. Okay, the
1: okay, okay, I know. okay, okay. You got me there. I was gonna start you off easy, so, so so there you go. Okay. for yeah, sure so, the cops are banging on the front door. They want to burn me. They've locked me up before. I'm the bad guy in the back seat.
0: Uh Oh, that was the... Um, the next line gives it away. Oh, I'm not the enemy. Yeah, there you go. Because it's, funny thing about cause, cause that it's song, am
1: I the enemy. The funny,
0: the funny thing about that song is that I wrote a song about getting arrested before I got arrested wrongfully. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was like, I, like into I should be laughing, but you <laughs> put out a song. I like, I, I was just like, I'm gonna write a song about feeling like society's enemy, you know. And then like, and then the, it happens. Years, and then four years later, I was arrested wrongfully.
1: Was that <laughs> so, song? Uh, I mean, this is a, weird, I don't know if this is a weird question. Does that, does that song play in your head? You're like, holy shit. Oh my gosh! I,
0: oh no, 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 no! When the cops <laughs> were like, when the cops were trying to lock me up, and I, I was like, in complete like, oh, you don't want to do this, dude. I did nothing wrong. You, you better not lock me up because you're gonna have a lawyer contacting you. You don't want to see you. You're doing this wrong and doing this wrong. You're not allowing me to show you paperwork. So if you're gonna do this, you better be careful. And eventually, they wound up taking me in and expunging it and all wow. that. But well, I mean, it's getting expunged this you know, yeah Yeah. So Eventually they wound up like saying, Hey man, we shouldn't have done that. And we apologize. We realized now we saw the paperwork and blah 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 blah. But no the song didn't the song wasn't yes, that's really crazy. Good. I wasn't like <laughs> I wasn't like, hey, did you get I should've asked the cops, man, you guys wanna hear the song I wrote about this four years ago?
1: Oh my god <laughs> Just have that in your back pocket. <laughs> Till Death Left Familia 2014, man, great album. All right. It's a shame that you're not coming home. We're both better than drinking alone. Should I even keep reading?
0: Well, that one's easy. That's Die Alone.
1: Yeah. I that's the
0: one that is, that one was an easy
1: one. Yeah, yeah, because that you, was you, the first single. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they. you know your own song, so we're good. Okay. <laughs> Disown me, erase me. It's just too hard to face me. My misery makes you happy now. Spit on me. You ate me. It's just too hard to face me to face that we're the same somehow. What is this that Dios? what makes us
0: our power? See, that one, that one, I don't know. (laughs) That one, I'm not going to lie.
1: The year is 2012. This is off of Epidemia.
0: Off of Epidemia. Oh, Mm -hmm. man.
1: gonna read it again.
0: Um. Oh, Jesus. I mean, I forgot the titles on that album. <laughs> Is it... Uh, I don't know.
1: Invisible um, People.
0: Um, invisible People? Fuck.
1: <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'm making you rethink that set list now in your head right now all right we got we got a couple more i promise okay
0: that uh, one you stumped me
1: invisible people man it, that just again it shows how how big your catalog is with El nino so all right a couple more uh where did i go hold on yeah we were on epidemia okay i shudder to think i shout out to think the only confusions who you want me to be i started to lie you start to deny and defy because i i do whatever i can
0: Fuck,
1: man. Now you're stumping me. I'm, of
0: something I might have written on, on Enigma.
1: Yeah. I'm throwing From it back. It's off of Enigma. Is
0: it Pieces of the Sun? Yeah.
1: There you go. Okay, you
0: okay. got it. Yeah. It's yeah but of the sun. I'm lucky I even guessed that because on Enigma, like I... It was an Enigma. <laughs> God knows what the lyrics are on Enigma. Only only God knows what those lyrics are. I'd have to, I'd have to look at the book with
1: You ever think like, man, did I ever write that? Did you ever, ever that ever cross your head? Like,
0: Well, I mean, reading it back, I'm like, oh, that's a cool lyric. (laughs) (laughs) Like the ones I don't know, the ones I don't know, I'm like, oh, that's kind (laughs) of (laughs) neat.
1: It's pretty interesting just going back, just revisiting the history that everything you wrote. I think that's always interesting. Okay. Is this the last one? I think I got, no, I got two more. We're damned. I live so addicted just to you. Underneath my damaged skin, it's true. I don't want to hear the same opinion. I don't want to heal the same condition.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Um, it's from 2010. My God. God. Is yeah. The dead or something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's it.
1: That's know. the quote. That's that's it. God is with the dead. Off a of dead new world.
0: Yeah. That was a fun song, man. When we played that live, it was always really fun to play. I enjoyed yeah. playing that live a
1: lot. That was a great live song.
0: It was really really good. Ru wrote those riffs, man. They we were really really cool.
1: And this album is obviously coming think you're better but i know that you will never get it this page will turn and you'll regret it everything you ever promised to not do you did how could you let us split in two
0: is it is it it's not it's not our cleansing hate
1: you. yeah that's it yeah, yeah. i'm gonna hate
0: you okay. yeah i'm yeah. gonna throw another rock i was like all right <laughs> what are the titles from confession i just throw it out there until i get it right See, it's
1: different when you're just reading the lyric as opposed to like i could try to sing it or for you but i, I no, <laughs> no way, way
0: to do it though but this is the tricky way for sure there you go this yeah tricky way of doing it and it's actually a cool <laughs> little game you got going though
1: <laughs> hey you did pretty well though man that was actually that was, that's all i got but you did pretty good <laughs>
0: You were scared at I mean, first. I, th- <laughs> I think you only got one wrong. A but... Challenging, I guess. I never realized that it's a lot of songs. And if you have to like guess which lyric is from which song, it could be a little challenging.
1: Man, when you have that many songs as much as you do, that makes it challenging for me to pick out the ones from that list. So I'm hey, you got your songs, <laughs> man. That's pretty good. That's pretty impressive. We ha- I remember we had uh, Corey from Trivium and he got every song. And you know, Trivium, they have a shitload of songs on their on their mm-hmm. on their list, and he got every song right i'm like oh my god wow <laughs> like, and he's the guitarist you know like if it's different if i yeah. ask matt heafy and but Corey got every song on there so
0: well i think Corey cory doesn't do backups no it's paulo that does backups.
1: Pa- yeah paulo i think Corey. i've seen Corey sing sometimes but um yeah paulo mostly does the backups but that was if he's
0: having to sing maybe he's having a like which lines are mine and no. yeah 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 like
1: but um but man hey you did great christian uh Do you have any, like, before we finish things off, like, do you have any last words, any shout outs, like anything you want to plug in before we finish things off here?
0: Just really thank you to the fans, man. Buy the album if you can. You know, if you have the means, buy the album. It's on, it'll be on the streaming platforms too. Um, And most important thing is once I get touring, come to a show, man, I'm going to put on an intense, intense show. Um, I'll be there If you've gotten a chance To listen to the whole album um, Some people may, may think like Whoa, this is some pretty deep stuff And how would it come off live But I have a really good idea Of how to really You know With people in a room Come to a good sense of emotions Whether they be laughter Acceptance Crying And I think that In between songs I'll have like a lot of good moments to talk about and I want to I wanna be able to bring a show forth that is both impactful and maybe a little bit intimidating on an acoustic level where it hits you so deep that it feels intimidating but I also want people to walk away with laughter at my show and it's not something I was able ever able to do with rock where you could genuinely in between songs tell stories and help people laugh too because it's not that kind of mood. But i think with this i'll be able to you know um bring forth a really yeah. cool show that'll have a more personal experience and hopefully you know the music can just bring everybody together in some general human vibe you know and most uh, important thing come to a show if you see me touring out there that's the most important
1: you know i'll be there man and uh, everyone who's listening uh, this is Christian Machado. Uh, Hollywood E. Sycamore comes out September 25th on Coconut Bay and Chesky Records. Please support him. Buy the album, stream it, do whatever you can. Um, artists need your support more than ever. And he'll be on the road as soon as you know. After all this is over. Christian, thank you so Eventually much. Eventually
0: everyone will be on the road again. Every, everyone will. You know, uh, Whoever and, uh, whoever outlasts yeah. this. You
1: Definitely. Know. Uh, Christian, stay safe, my man. Uh, we'll do this again thing. Thank you so much,
0: bro. Was badass interview i had a fun i had a lot of fun doing this with you I and appreciate that little it. game you were playing is awesome man now i'm gonna have to watch some of your shows and see <laughs> see what what other people got it right and got it wrong
1: you got to check out chuck billy's that's 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 chuck actually pretty Billy good <laughs> i
0: know chuck he's a badass dude i'm gonna check his out right now then awesome. Man. We both